Welcome to the We Are SC podcast. This is Eric McKinney joined by Greg Katz today. Just finished the first scrimmage of USC spring ball practice number six uh, on Saturday. And Coach Clay Helton, after the practice, he said he liked the up-tempo, uh, that, that there was a lot of good stuff going on. We saw some hitting, a nice atmosphere, tons of recruits, a lot of former players. And I don't think it was necessarily when you hear we're going to scrimmage on Saturday. The The idea going into it maybe is, all right, they're going to come out, warm up a little bit, and then we're going a full game the whole way through. This wasn't that. They still did a ton of individual drills, one-on-ones, seven-on-sevens. There was sort of a scrimmage atmosphere toward the end. There was some live tackling, uh, then some teamwork without live tackling, and then back to live tackling a little bit uh, to finish things off. So so it was, if, if you're looking for a scrimmage report where there's quarterback stats and, and rushing yardage and we played a full game, that's not what happened on Saturday. It was a little bit of a, a taste of a scrimmage. We got a little bit of that on Thursday too. But Greg, I'm just curious from you, your sort of overall thoughts about the, again, quote-unquote scrimmage, but but Saturday's practice. Well, I thought that, you know, I think we're getting used to the fact that the word scrimmage doesn't necessarily imply what we maybe traditionally think of a scrimmage. In other words, they do their warm-ups and they get right into it for 60 or 70 plays. It's more a, a, a practice with, um, you know, live tackling at some point, not consistently all the way through. So I think once you adjust to the fact that that's uh, what he does, and there's nothing wrong with it, that's just how he goes about doing his things. I thought my takeaway from it was is uh, the players enjoyed it. Uh, there was a good fan turnout, as you said, a good you know selection of recruits, and maybe a few other uh, surprises along the way. Uh, I guess I could say the word portal uh, transfers, possibly. Uh, I'll leave that to our illustrious guru, Eric, to explain that at some point. But I thought the, uh, it was definitely a day that you could see certain individuals standing out. You know, I would say that for me personally, uh, the two that stood out to me, uh, number one, uh, the punter, uh, Griffith, uh, I thought that he is just going to be a major, major weapon. I don't think we've seen a punter like this since Tom Malone, uh, when Tom was healthy. Uh, I think this guy could be better than Tom Malone. What he can do with the football, because he's got the professional Australian experience, I mean, it comes out end over end. It's a knuckleball. The ball's moving sideways. There's going to be some fumbles. There's going to be, and when he has to really nail it, I mean, the hang time, you know, the NFL scouts are going to be drooling looking at this guy. The other one that I thought for me uh, stood out was definitely uh, number 30 on, on offense. And uh, we all know we're talking about number 30. Marquis Step. Marquis Step, exactly. And Marquis, uh, especially... Uh, was just Lindell White all over again. And I was talking with uh, Pete Arbogast, uh, the SC play-by-play guy, and, you know, he says, I, you know, this guy might be better than Lindell at some point. Now, he did, he being uh, Helton, touched on him, uh, and I don't think that the evaluation of him was uh, it was a little bit more reserved than maybe I would have. Uh, absolutely, I, I'm with you on that. I, I would have gone more than what Helton said, but but Helton's going to be reserved. It's still early in spring. Yeah, I think that uh, basically, you know, there's the obvious message there is that Stephen Carr better get get off of his illness in a hurry because this guy is that good, and I think they're they're, they're slow playing uh, Marquise a little bit, 
But let's make no mistake about it. This guy is a major, major player back there. He So Stephen Carr, Vavai Malapai, they missed the last two practices with uh, Coach Helton said that there's a little bit of a flu going around, so illness for them. They got to go through some walkthroughs today but did not take part in the, in the scrimmage and any of the live tackling. Marquis Step did. They had a session where they started basically overtime rules from the 25. Uh, Marquis Step got the ball from the 25. He was tackled. I He was tackled by two players at the line of scrimmage. You look up and he's 15 yards downfield running through four or five other guys. The next play is a run up the middle. Again, he's through eight or nine guys down at the goal line. Might have gotten in. They marked him short. Then he goes up and over the top for a touchdown. It, it was three plays where if he just sat out the rest of spring and that was his spring reel, it's a phenomenal spring from him. I think that, again, the older guys, talking about Carr and Vi, uh, they've obviously been in the system, not this offensive system, but they've been at USC for long enough and you've seen enough flashes from those guys where you, you're you comfortable with those guys being one and two. I don't know if Step is going to let it be that easy. I mean, he has been that good this spring, and he is that difficult to tackle. Uh, another guy I think that had a big day today, Amon Ross St. Brown, this was specifically during one-on-ones, seven-on-seven, um, some just unbelievable catches. One directly over the shoulder, a little Willie Mays, where directly over the shoulder, looking straight ahead, the ball dropping into his arms, and then he had a one-handed catch, uh, where he goes up high, sort of falling backwards in the end zone. He He's a guy where you were waiting for sort of the big plays, and we've seen them now Thursday and Saturday uh, getting on the end of long, deep touchdowns. But, uh, you know, he's just another guy in what we've seen in, in the wide receivers. It's been, it's been terrific play from those starting four wide receivers. Uh, Michael Pittman, Tyler Vons, St. Brown, Devin Williams, and Greg, I know you wanted to hit on another I was very, I was actually very excited, Eric. Uh, John Jackson III, you know, is, I mean, it's no secret his father is recovering from a very serious stroke and has got some real challenges along the way, but nothing could make him feel any better than if uh, he was here uh, to see his son uh, because he made some plays out there today uh, just as a possession type of receiver. And there's, you know, I think that sometimes we get too carried away with, you know, a catch and run type of guys. How about guys that can actually catch it, move the chains, and let the other guys that have the so-called uh, burners do their thing when they get their opportunity? But I thought John Jackson uh, really uh, looked like he could be part of the mix down the line, and uh, I, I was really happy for him. I'm happy for his dad to when that news gets back to him, because I know it'll be greatly appreciated. Uh, I think with JJ, it's one of those things where he's not as physical or, you know, not as big as a Devin Williams, maybe not as quick as a St. Brown. Uh, so, so he doesn't have like the plus plus things of everyone else. But again, in this offense, if you know where to go, you can run your routes, you can catch the ball and maybe do a little bit with a, of it, you know, a little bit of something after that you can be a, a massive asset here, and that's what we've seen so far from him. He's jumped in and really picked things up, and you're starting to talk about there being five wide receivers. I mean, th- those five have done uh, a, a great job this spring. I think one of the things where we're looking, staying on the offensive side, 
we haven't really hit on on quarterbacks yet, but we're going to jump over them a little bit and talk offensive line. I think we got a sense today, now that the defense is really being let go, we've seen pressure, we've seen blitzes, uh, we've seen those kind of interior defensive linemen really stepping their game up. It's a little bit of a, you, you hear sort of bend but don't break on defense. You're starting to see that a little bit on offense where it's just, let's hold these guys off for just long enough to where the ball can get out. And credit to this offense, the ball does get out. Uh, I, I think you want to see maybe a little bit more going forward from the offensive line. I don't think it's it, it's clearly not where it's going to be in fall. This line's going to get better. We've seen a lot of improvement. A, a guy like Jalen McKenzie, I've been really pleased by watching him during one-on-ones. I think he has taken that next step. I think he's going to solidify that right tackle spot. I just think overall the offensive line play is is going to get better. It's just not where you want it to be. Uh, if a game was hap- if this was a game today, I don't think the offensive line is where you want it to be. It, it seems that they're proficient on plays that are straight ahead uh, drive blocking, but when they try to maybe go off tackle a little bit, it seems like uh, some of the drills I was watching, uh, the defense seems to flow down the, down the line of scrimmage and it doesn't really go anywhere. There's no turning of the corner type of thing. I think the offensive scheme is a real help to this offensive line, as you mentioned, uh, because they don't have to uh, hold their blocks for as, as long. But I think we would both agree that uh, there was times when the quarterbacks were scrambling a little bit. And uh, while that's not a bad thing that they're scrambling, they're, I mean, they're trying to get out of harm's way, but... A little bit more than I think you might want to see uh, down the line. Uh, I do think that's true. And and again, from the offensive line, we've seen a pretty consistent starting group. Austin Jackson uh, at left tackle, Elijah Vera Tucker at left guard, uh, Brett Nealon at center, Andrew Voorhees right guard, and then Jalen McKenzie uh, stepping in there at right tackle. And at this point, that's going to go ahead and be my bet that we're going to see that pretty consistently as we go through. You mentioned the quarterbacks rolling. I, I thought... Matt Fink, Jack Sears, JT Daniels, another day like Thursday where they all definitely showed uh <laughs> all right, all right, Greg, we're gonna we're gonna keep going. They all definitely showed flashes of um doing things well. And I think a couple of those were on rollouts where they bought a little bit of time, receivers are still getting open, uh, and they they found him. Matt Fink threw an interception today. He he actually had a, a few tip balls. One of them uh, got intercepted again. Tipped at the line. It's not you know not where he threw it right to a defender or anything like that. Uh, but we saw. I, I think it's again we're moving forward, and I do think this is going to be a quarterback competition that somebody wins. I don't think there's going to be you know a guy by default because the other two guys fall down, or we're picking sort of the the best of a a bad group. Uh, it, it seems like everybody's kind of taking control of the offense. Everybody's doing their own thing with it. People can obviously do certain things better. We saw uh, during run drills, um, Jack Sears, you know, took off and, and ran a little bit, uh, which is something that he can do. But I, I think overall, you're definitely not coming away from any day going, you know, man, that quarterback really laid an egg today and he's fallen behind. Well, I think that what you're saying is, is spot on. By the same token, I don't think any of the quarterbacks, except on little, little tidbits, uh, are asserting themselves either. Uh, my feeling is, is uh, I personally like to see scrimmages. I, I want to see a 60 play, go right at them, what can you do, move the ball club, 
And we don't see that in these situational scrimmages. We see a little bit of it, uh, you know, maybe in the red zone, you know, from the 25-yard line. But, you know, there's nothing yet that you would sit there and say, that aha moment, where that's the guy. Now, yes, we're early on, and maybe the next scrimmage, there'll be a little bit more, uh, you know, revelations of what guys do. But I would say, you know, uh, Clay says we got nine nine practices left. Well, he's already said he's not going to pick a quarterback at the end, so maybe there's no pressure to even put them in a position. Maybe the scrimmages in August will mean a lot more than they do in the spring. But right now, if someone said, uh, well, I'll just pose this question to you, Eric. If if there was going to be a starter right now, who would it be? Uh, again, I don't think anyone has separated themselves enough to say it's going to be this guy. I mean, the coaches obviously have way more information than we do in terms of breaking things down. Hey, this ball was completed for a deep touchdown, but that's not the right read. You know, th those are things exactly. that we don't have a lot of information about. Um, but, but again, I don't think you can watch these practices and go, oh man, this guy is totally outplaying this, you know, the, the other two guys. And so right now I don't, I, I, I like having a starting quarterback coming out of spring ball. I like knowing that this is the guy who's going to take control during the summer and start molding the team the way that you want to see it come fall. At this point, I, I wouldn't blame Helton all that much for not being able to, to come up with a starter. starter. I do think, obviously, that's a decision you have to make at some point. You can't kind of drag your feet again in a, in a quarterback competition but at this point I, I I'd be fine kind of with any of these guys the way they've played uh the way they've played so far and, and I think kind of flipping where we've spent a ton of time on the offense we're gonna flip over to defense a little bit I think that starting 11 on defense uh has maybe a lot to do with why a quarterback hasn't been able to really sort of dominate or, or really showcase himself I think right now what we're seeing on the defensive line, Drake Jackson had a uh, an interception today on that tip ball, fumbled it again after uh, on the return. But he, you know, right place, right time for the true freshman who has been uh, terrific this this spring so far. I think what you're seeing on defense is really that starting eleven coming together. I think there's some spots uh, behind some of these guys where you need to start developing a, a serious two deep. Um, but I, I, so far, I really like what I've seen on the defensive line. I think you've got guys like Jay Tufele and Mar Marlon Tupelodu. Uh, and the two newcomers, Drake Jackson and Nick Figueroa, I think those guys have fit in really well really quickly. I, I see Figueroa and, and Drake Jackson being in the mix. I think that they're too good not to be in the mix. Uh, you know, I talked to Clancy the other day, and he was saying that they, you know, 95% of the defense is uh, the same as last year. Well, I'm more curious about five percent that isn't uh because sometimes as we all know coaches do sandbag and they don't want to give out too much information but you know are they running a three three five uh do they really not have a predator maybe they do maybe they don't uh i tell you what does give me first the good news they move they flow to the ball from hash line to sideline okay they don't they don't get sucked in they're disciplined question i have is it when uh Step was making a lot of yards going mm -hmm. up the middle. That was always my concern. My concern was uh, Houston at middle linebacker. Not because I don't think he's a good athlete, a good player, 
but he's light. He's 225, something like that, and he's in the middle of that defense. He's where Cam Smith was. Is he physical enough to withstand a right-in-your-face type of offense? And I'm talking about Notre Dame, Stanford, okay, uh, maybe a little bit even of Oregon at some, at some level. Uh, so the question to me right now is, are they able to withstand a nothing sophisticated but just smash mouth type of attack? Now, Step was great, but he also had uh, room to be able to be great. Uh, so, you know, we'll wait and see how it all unfolds as the weeks uh, finish up here in spring. Yeah, and then a couple notes moving back to the secondary. Uh, Isaac Taylor Stewart, again, uh, another really good day. I, I continue to be impressed with the steps forward he's taken this spring. I thought Britton Allen, um, he, he made a couple big plays. He made the, the first tackle, came up, and, and took down Marquis Step. Uh, and he threw himself in there. Again, a true freshman on defense, getting a ton of reps so far just with the lack of available bodies at cornerback, and I thought he did well. There was one play. He got Devin Williams one-on-one during the one-on-ones, got him, and Devin Williams brought a ball in. Britton Allen played through it, was able to knock the ball out. I thought that was one of those impressive things that we haven't seen from the cornerbacks a lot. You know, being able to really rip the ball out, play through something, and end up with a pass breakup uh, at the end of it. And then the the injury news, Talanoa Hafanga, he's wearing a yellow non-contact jersey, gets his, it lo- looked like he got his feet sort of tripped up with a walk-on wide receiver during some team drills, not, you know, not during full contact or anything. Came down, uh... Coach Helton said that he tweaked something. It was the same shoulder and the the collarbone that he broke. Uh, so we'll see that they'll obviously we'll have an update on that uh, cu- coming up here in the next couple practices. Um, but I, you know, it's one of those things. I, I I've really liked that they've let the yellow jersey guys go and take reps. Um, they're they're getting a lot of sort of full speed stuff even when they can't hit. Uh, and, and this was just kind of one of those freak things. I, for me, I've seen enough from Talanoa this spring. I we're good with him. He had an interception during uh, some some one on one work uh, earlier today. I, I think he's set. I like that he's taking sort of mental reps and being able to play with Isaiah Polamalu. If those are your, uh, those are your tar- starting safeties this year, you want them to get enough time together. Um, but I, I'm okay if he needs to take it easy for the rest of the spring. I've been really impressed with what he's done so far. Well, I think the good is good and bad news. Bad news is that obviously, uh, to me, it's a very scary word is tweak. That tweak can be anything from well, I scratched myself to well, you might have a dislocated shoulder. You know, sure. Uh, you know, we tend to minimize uh, the injuries with the word tweak. The good news is is you know, let's suppose this sh- this injury becomes a chronic issue. Well, somebody's got to back him up. So my feeling is, is if it's going to happen and he's gotten tweaked, let it be now. Let him develop some sort of depth behind him. Because uh, you don't want to have that happen in the beginning of the season or maybe even in late August where all of a sudden you're a little bit of uh, rushed to try to get somebody in there. So, you know, we'll follow the progress of who backs him up, uh, see what kind of production they can get. So kind of turning a, a negative into a positive uh That'll be something to keep an eye on, I think. All right, so for Greg Katz, that's our extensive, thorough look at uh, Saturday's practice. The Again, the first sort of scrimmage, full pad scrimmage situation of the spring. Uh, Trojans will be back at it on Tuesday as they enter 
week four of spring ball, week three of spring ball practices, um, we're, we're getting closer and closer to that halfway mark here. And so we'll pick it up uh, when, when the Trojans do next week. Thanks for listening to the We Are SE podcast. For, Eric McKin- for Greg Katz, this is Eric McKinney.